0: You are listening to Your Blessed Life podcast, episode number 11.
1: Pray about it and give it to God and that the results have been exponentially greater than everything I did to try to figure it out on my own.
0: Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life with your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Well, welcome to the show. Are you already part of Blessed Nation? Well, if not, I'd like to invite you to stop by our website at yourblessedlife.com. It's yourblessedlife.com and join us and simply put, you'll be tied in and zeroed in for regular insights and teaching and maybe even a few resources that I know will bless your life. So I want to invite you to join Blessed Nation today. Jay Marsh here, and it's great to be with you here today. And I want to welcome you to your blessed life. So let's get right into the show. So our featured guest today in this episode is Taya Kyle. Taya, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad to get to connect with you, and uh, I'm looking forward to our chat today.
1: Thank you. So,
0: Taya, I want to introduce Bless Nation to you and just share a little bit about you, and then uh, maybe if you could share a few little fun facts about you. Would that be all right? Great. Okay, awesome. Well, I know that you're from the Fort Worth area. I also know that you're a mother of two kiddos. And in a more public setting, I know that you're a speaker, that you're an author. In fact, you know what, Taya, um, we were chatting before the show and I have your your book sitting right in front of me. I, I'm enjoying your book, Tay American Wife.
1: Thank you. It is a, you like not it.
0: only is it beautifully done, but the content is solid.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you like it. I definitely worked with Jim D. Felice, who's the author that did American Sniper and American Wife. He was easy to talk to, and he'd known our story and knew Chris. So I think it made it easier just to pour our, my heart out to him and trust that he would put it together in a package that hopefully would help other people.
0: Yeah, well, he did. He did a great job of communicating it in a way that I think was vulnerable and at the same time still very respectful. And, you know, before our our time here today, I was just going back through the book and just kind of summarizing some things that really connected to me. And I love that pretty much the sections of your book you created, you know, kind of in these chunks, you know, love, war, faith, renewal. And I was looking back what my takeaway was from the overall book. And I wanted to share this with you because I know it's important as an author to know what impact, what, what am I doing? Am I connected with folks out there? And the takeaway that I got from this book, Taya, is that my life is a, is a process. And especially in that renewal section that you did, that at the end of the road are things better yeah yeah they're they're better for the day i mean for the moment you know it's it's somewhat of a roller coaster ride but my life is a process and i have to remember that that i'm not it's not a destination and it's i'm not waiting on life to get better until i get to the destination i'm enjoying every bit about life and making the most of my life along the way
1: yeah that's been a real challenging part of my life is, I tend to want to seek out happiness. If I do this or if I do that, maybe I would be happy instead. And I know logically that there are a lot of times in life that happiness is just a choice. And lately I've taken it past that just a choice idea. And I pray for it all the time that that God will show me the moments of joy that I'll feel true joy in my life and that I won't miss out the opportunities to have that. And I find that that prayer has been answered really, really strongly. And it's just this last week and a half that I've been praying for it. I think before that I was trying to think about it, trying to figure it out. And it's really been the past week and a half that I've done what I could have done a long time ago, which is just pray about it and give it to God. And the results have been exponentially greater than everything I did to try to figure it out on my own.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And it reminds us that when we, and we talked about this just a little bit earlier, but when we try to limit ourselves with our own capabilities, kind of putting a lid on what could be.
1: Absolutely. And I I do know that this is a lifelong journey. I think for most people, the theme of American wife, like you said, it was love, war, faith and renewal. And I think that's a theme in, in everyone's life to a certain extent, because I think we all want and need love in some way. We all are going to have a war or a battle to fight in our lives, sometimes more than others. And some people maybe have more of them than others, but we all need faith of some kind and something for me and for your listeners. I know it's faith in God that makes the difference. And we're all, trying to find that renewal. So we go through the love, the war, the faith, and all of that. And we're, renewal is a an ever-evolving, constant thing that I think we have to pay more attention to and give more weight to our need for renewal, even if it's renewal each day, renewal each week. But it needs to be a constant thing that we
0: look for and pray for, I think. I do too. I do too. I think when we recognize that and we're willing to Focus our energy and our effort in that, then we draw that renewal to us, and we start seeking it out because we're giving it the credit that it needs, like you said, on a daily basis. Right. So, Taya, I want Blessed Nation to know a little bit more about you. So, one of the things that that really wanted me to connect with you was the fact that even in the midst of of difficulty, that you have learned to become deeply connected to to God and to use that as a foundation. For your for your life in the midst of grief, in the midst of good times and bad times, and for for those listeners that that don't know you, Taya, I want them to know that your husband, your deceased husband, Chris Chris Kyle, which was the author of another awesome book, which I have on my bookshelf, American Sniper, and so what you have been doing is living out in your life in your day to day efforts the legacy that Chris started when he was with us. And one of those things that you've done is this Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. Would you mind sharing just a little bit with our listeners of of what that is and and what your involvement is in that?
1: Sure. Chris Kyle Frog Foundation was an idea that Chris and I started with. We didn't have the name before he was killed, but the idea was that while we wanted to give proceeds for American Sniper to a couple of different families, it just turned out that it wasn't going to be the right path as far as we could tell that it needed to be spread out to more people. And we looked into foundations that are really difficult to set up, to run. You can get into a lot of hiccups that you never mean to get into and all of that. So for all those reasons, we were a little bit afraid to do that. But Chris was also looking at different ways to supplement our income. We had a business that he was involved in. Some. Pretty surprising things happened, and it, it looked like it was in trouble. And so, he was looking at developing a logo that was based on his tattoos, and the, the tattoos that he had were the frog skeleton, which is the Navy SEALs are known as Frogmen. So the skeleton is to honor the, the fallen SEALs that have gone before you. And so we looked at that, and after Chris passed, the guys that were working on that logo helped me, and we kind of made it so that the frog skeleton, when you rearrange the bones in it. It makes a cross cool. and it's God country family is what Chris stood for. That's what the foundation is for. And in particular, I knew I had to find something in there that I could be passionate about, that I could help others based on my life experiences. And that was the the family part, but even more so the marriage part. because I've seen marriages fall apart and what happens to the family. I've seen The service members, when their marriage falls apart, they do far worse than the guys who keep that foundation intact. And I also, the reason I named it the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation is I wanted to represent Chris with what he stood for. He loved his first responder community and the veteran community as well. So it's not one, it's both of those groups that have a much higher divorce rate than the rest of the country. So I know it's a long-winded answer, but that's basically how it came to be. And what we've done is we've sent couples out of those groups, the first responder military group. We do revitalization retreats where they're, they apply for it or they're nominated. We go through all the, the nominations and we pick a couple and we, we give them a white glove service from everything from childcare to travel to sometimes they want some people to go with them for a little bit of it. And sometimes we do it in state, sometimes we do it out of state, but we try to just really nurture them and care for them and show them that their community cares for them and is donating things to make it possible too. So
0: how awesome is that? So you create like this, this environment, this retreat environment and let them go to strengthen their marriage.
1: Right. And it's just the two of them. There are no kids. There are no other couples there. It's just the two of them. And I've been, it was really, I was scared to start a foundation, honestly, for the amount of work that would go into it. And I feel like God systematically put all the obstacles that I had in place. He removed each obstacle one at a time. And over a period of about four or five months, I realized that there was no amount of me saying, I don't know if I can do this or I don't know about this. God removed them all. And if I didn't listen to that, I felt like I was really going to be in the wrong. And so I've been really fortunate to have a lot of good people come in and, and do the work. and. I've gotten to be a a part of the ideas and the process and it's all family run too. So it's, that helps me emotionally, but we have heard back from couples that say they came back from their weekend. One of them, I remember said, I knew I loved, we knew we loved each other. We just forgot we liked each other. And I, you know, I think that happens a lot. And I think that when they're in service related fields both military and first responders they don't get the time off work that anybody else could put put into their employer if you get it you can't count on it because things come up and they'll take it back and a lot of times especially in the first responder police force units when you ask for time off you're not going to be up for promotion because they don't value it and so there's a lack of ability to do that so with these weekends we're able to, to give these couples the time away to just remember each other and we had one couple that said they were on the brink of divorce they they had served in the military he was a firefighter they have four kids they had lost a baby which a lot of marriages don't even survive that and they they came back stronger than ever they're happy and loving and it's hard to believe that just one weekend can do that but i think it's one weekend knowing that there is a a group of people championing your success for your marriage that care there's a community that wants to donate there are people that want to say, I recognize this is hard and we care about you and we we believe in your marriage. It seems like it's that combination that I couldn't have anticipated helping as much as it really does.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we talked a little bit earlier. I mean that I have a a heart for marriage in my, in my ministry and my coaching too. So to know that you're doing something like that just brings a smile to my face because I think it's important. So it's a shared passion
1: for both of us, I think. Yeah,
0: I like that. Well, you know, I want to digress just a, a little bit, Taya, and, and before we start getting into the pillars of the show, and would you mind sharing something with us that, I don't know, something, maybe a fun fact, maybe even a hidden talent, or maybe just something that not many people know about you?
1: Yeah, those are, those are great questions. I think a lot of times the subject matter has always been so serious yeah. that people don't always know about me that I love to laugh I have kind of a wicked sense of humor and it definitely was a huge part of my life with chris and and my kids and I'm trying to get back more to that but I think all all along the way I've had some some friends who have kept me laughing about even the hardest of things and you know I think the other thing I love sports love watching my kids play sports and you know I get pretty into into games and stuff like that and I don't know maybe those are two things that people wouldn't have wouldn't have seen along the way.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. I appreciate you sharing that stuff with us because sometimes it is nice to just step out of the, the seriousness of life and realize the things that bring us joy or that put a smile on our face. Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Well, bless nation. I'm excited to, to get into some of these pillars with Taya. And as you know, we talk about these three pillars of faith and hope and promise. And then at the end, we sprinkle in a few nuggets of wisdom. So I want to begin the show with that story of faith and blessed nation. We all go through stuff, right? I mean, we go through these struggles and these challenges in life. And and I've, I've learned through my own my own struggles and through those of the people that have come on the show that I've got to get to know that that's when it seems like that God does his mightiest work in us. And so, Taya, I'm going to ask you that same question. Would you share with us a time when your faith was stretched, a time when you were in that proverbial pit? Would you share a story like that with us?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Unfortunately, great change doesn't usually happen when life is smooth sailing. So I think that when we do have those moments in the pit, as God calls it in the Bible, it's being forged through the fire and that's where we're most malleable and and he uses that to make us better and for me it's there've been a number of times when i was with other widows who lost their husband in war and even a couple that weren't in war i started to feel that that pain that depth of despair that that they had it was my worst nightmare that they were living out and it was my turn to try to be support to them and then as I went forward and had those times of wishing that Chris was there to help me with the kids, and more importantly, to share the memories with the kids when he was deployed, I started to get, I think, made into something stronger through that time because I needed my my faith to get me through that as well. And so when my biggest fire came up of, of losing Chris, I think, in a lot of ways, I was prepared and stronger. And then I also knew that probably a lot more change was coming, but that it was okay. And even now I I look back on it and think, man, I've I've been through a lot and it's okay. And people can throw more at me and life can throw more at me. And it's gonna be okay because I don't know how it ends up being okay, but I know that my prayer life is stronger and I don't feel alone. I feel like God is accessible to all of us and and He's been faithful to me and the promises that he makes and, and in putting people in my life who have been amazing and helpful. So I feel like we don't always have to know what's coming and we don't have to know the trials and the fires that we're going to be in, but we don't have to fear them either. We're not supposed to be afraid. We're supposed to be anxious for nothing. And I think it's because if we're anxious for nothing, it's usually only because we know we'll be okay. And for me, the only way we know we're going to be okay is because God is there and and he will help us even if we don't know how. I think of it like a parent-child thing a lot of times. Kids don't always have all the answers, but we say, trust us, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll fix the broken toy or we'll get you time with your friends or we'll do it. And they may not have the life experience to know how, but we know we will. And I think that's on a much bigger level how God works in our lives.
0: Yeah, I I, I can definitely relate to the the child-parent example because sometimes we do, as the parent, almost instruct our kids to say or to hear us say, take it on faith. You know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that to them, but in essence that's what I'm communicating.
1: Right. Like stop asking me. I can't explain everything. Just trust me. I've told you I'll yeah. take care of it. I will. And I think that's a lot of times what what God wants us to do. And that parent child thing, I think of a, a little kid like a two year old a lot of times. And if they had their favorite, favorite toy in the world and it was let's say a dump truck and it was broken and they were crying and crying and crying. And you could see that it just needed new batteries and maybe one other thing, but they don't know that and they're just crying They're clinging to it. And you're saying, give me the toy and I will fix it and I'll give it back. And they're saying, no, I love the toy. I love the toy. And they're still trying to make it work. And you're saying, just give me the toy and I will fix it. I'll give it back to you. It'll be better than ever. And, And they don't want to let go of it. I think that's a lot of times what God is saying to us too is, you cling to something you love so much and you're trying so hard to fix it. And he says, I can see the answer to it. If you will just let go of it and give it to me, I will take care of it. But you got to let go first.
0: Oh, that's so good, Taya. Did you <laughs> just come up with that? That's good.
1: Yeah, you know, I've, oh. had, I've had that little story in my head for a, a few years now because of just times of looking at our kids. And sometimes I do see that parent-child thing with with God a lot of times, how it's so it must be so similar and when i've seen my kids do things and i think man i bet god looks at me the same way sometimes and says you know you're so sad cuz you just don't see the rest of it but i got
0: this yeah i have no doubt i believe that oh i think that is so true so when i when i hear your your story there on faith and struggle i want to ask you for a takeaway on it so when you think back of that time of struggle when you were lo- when you lost chris and the things that you went through after that, what could you share with the listeners here at Blessed Nation to help them endure a potential season of struggle in their own life?
1: I think the thing that has been powerful me is to me is to know that there's really no new story in this world. Human nature is what it is. Every betrayal you can think of, every hurtful thing, if it's murder, if it's a child's death, if it's sickness, if it's unexplained occurrences that you don't have answers for. All of those things have happened over and over and over in the last 2000 years of us being on this earth. And so I think for me, that's important is to know that it's never the first time and it's okay and it happens. You're not singled out, you're not the only one. And the other thing is, I look at this life and I think when I've talked to people who are a lot older, I'll never forget my grandfather saying in in his 80s, You think life goes by fast? Just wait until you're my age. I don't even know where the time went, and I think of that a lot, thinking that this life goes by in an instant. And if you can look at it with that bird's eye view, sometimes it's like our pain doesn't last forever. Even if we carry a piece of that pain the rest of our lives, it's a short life, all things considered. And and the other thing is, I I put a lot of solace into the idea that one day there will be. Paradise and there's eternity in heaven where we have no issues, we have no problems. I look forward to that, but I know it's not on my terms. You know, there are times where I think when you're really in the pits yeah. and the the depth of despair, there are times when I've thought Chris was the lucky one. He's he's the one in paradise now, and we're all here to suffer and try to figure out how to do it without him. And of course, I don't I don't believe in you know, in suicide and I would never do that to my kids. I think it's just a very, or my parents or people who love me. I think that's a very, you know, unfortunately that's a problem that, that we can't fix, but I think we can know that everything like this too shall pass. It's not just a cliche. It's true.
0: Well, Taya, I've come to learn that we definitely have these, these different seasons in our life. And I know you shared some incredible stories with us. In fact, a season of struggle a season of pain. But fortunately for us, scripture does tell us that joy comes in the morning. That's one of my one of my go-to verses. So I want to talk about hope. I want to ask you about a time in your life where you got to see a hope kind of shine through, kind of break through. And fortunately for us as Christians, we have that ultimate hope where it's rested in Christ, that hope for an eternal future. And sometimes in life we get to see our hope manifest itself in the form a breakthrough and it just creates a renewal and it creates a sparkle for the day and for the future. So would you share us, share with us, Taya, a time where you went from the proverbial pit, which is what we talked about before, and you moved into the palace, if you will. Talk about that eventual breakthrough with us.
1: Yeah, I think one of the, I have a lot of those examples and I feel really fortunate, but I, they didn't come obviously without a lot of trials because you don't get in the pit without having those and sometimes in the pit is where you see the most hope, like you said. But one yeah. pivotal moment for me was I remember I had been praying about starting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. I didn't know how to do it. I had a lot of legal battles. I with Chris's old company and, you know, with somebody else who was coming after us and I had a lot of opportunities but I just couldn't get to them all. People who wanted to do things to honor military people and Chris and just a lot of things on my plate and I had been pushing through and sleeping very little and raising my kids. I mean, I, I was probably three or four hours a night was was probably a, more of the decent nights or more common nights of sleep that I had. And I was just on adrenaline, I think. So from about February to December, the year he died, that was the kind of schedule I was keeping. And I called my sister in a few months before December, because I had this, long story short, I, I had this, what I felt was just a God moment where I was covered in chills and I was so sure I could not have been more sure that her husband was supposed to be involved in this foundation. The Chris Kyle Frog Foundation is what it became. But at the time, I just knew that there was this goal and and it came to me and I thought that it was him. But I, for once in my life... At that point, it happened a lot since then. But at that point, it was sort of a unique thing for me to not have to feel like I needed to convince anybody or talk through anything or overanalyze. I just felt like I knew he was supposed to be there. And I called her and told her. And they live in Australia. And so I knew it would be a big change. They had thought about moving to the United States and so forth. But I mentioned it to her. And obviously it was kind of such a big it would be such a big difficult move for them that she kind of hedged and said, Well, you know, I'll let you talk to him. And he was kind of hedging and I just wasn't worried about it. I just kind of felt like it's going to happen. A few months later, I was it was Christmas time, they came out to visit, and he was still thinking he probably would not be the person for this this job of running this foundation or being an executive director or helping me. And I was at that point, I was completely run down. And I wasn't, I had, I felt like nothing to give to anybody, the family, the businesses. I was still trying and I still wasn't sleeping, but I just, I felt like I was making no forward movement and he stopped me and he had a conversation with me and he said, and he's kind of a workaholic, a workhorse for sure. And he said, you need to sleep. That's you need to sleep. And I said, Well, I know, but and he said, No, I get it. And he didn't really have to say much else. Because anybody else that had told me that I don't know, I would have said, You don't understand, I got to work. And coming from him, I just heard it. He said, You sleep. And let me ask you this. I know you're stressing about trying to get through a lot of work. Could I I saw on your email that there's like 1000s there. Could I just start putting them in folders for you and helping you organize so that you can feel like you can breathe a little bit. And I said, Sure. And I, I went into the room and I started to sleep. And over the next week, he continued to say that, just sleep, please. And while I did that, he went through thousands of emails from accountants, attorneys, business opportunities, foundation ideas, licensing, people who just wanted feedback, people who were kind, and I wasn't able to get back with thanks, all that stuff. And over that time, he came back and he said, I'm I'm in, you have way too much on your plate. And I'm in, I can help with all of this. I know that and we'll, we'll move forward together. And so from that time, he has literally he and my sister and their children they have completely changed my life and gotten me to a point where I can sleep, I can breathe, I do have help, I have somebody to to count on to lean on, somebody who can talk to all the professionals, somebody who's a lot smarter than I am at figuring all this stuff out and that I think in its entirety, even though it's a long story, that whole situation gave me hope because in the beginning, I knew I was running out of steam and I prayed, and I felt like. I had an answer that was so solid. And that gave me hope that God does not only hear you, but he will tell you when an answer is is the right one by giving you peace in your heart to where you're not over anxious. You're not feeling like you need to worry about stuff. It just was there. And then it gave me hope because I realized it took time for it to happen. It wasn't just overnight. And so I know now when I have issues and I know when things happen that it'll be in God's time. And it reinforced that just because you don't, have an answer or you don't think you're getting the answer that you felt sure God was telling you about that if you just wait it still is true you don't have to doubt that what you felt was what God was telling you and it gave me hope that that things can turn around by people you wouldn't I wouldn't have thought of my brother-in-law because he lived in, in Australia I wouldn't have thought of him being the person for the whole you know year before I talked to him about it and it just it kind of Reminds me that you may not know how the help is coming, but the help is coming and just hold on. And it also gave me hope because I don't have to do it all myself. And sometimes I think we feel like if we're the one that's responsible for your household and your children and life and their life, and maybe it is all on us, but it gave me hope that it really isn't and God will send the right people at the right time.
0: Do you remember? I'm curious going back to the front of that story, Taya. Do you remember that moment? When you knew who this person was going to be, do you remember something that prompted that? Was it a, was it kind of like a Holy Spirit whisper? What was it?
1: It was, I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a really good foundation and she was telling me about all the pitfalls and how hard it is and the accountants and the taxes and how I really need a mentor and just to be really careful because you could accidentally fall in a hole. And I remember saying, I don't know, I don't think I can do it. I really don't think I have the time with everything on, else on my plate to do that. And she said, well, you'll just need someone to come in that is good at, and she just started naming off a bunch of qualities and all of a sudden it washed over mm-hmm. me and I was so excited. I said, Oh my gosh, wait, I know who it is. And it wasn't because of the quality she said, it was because, and I remember I was standing in my driveway, it was at night, I went outside to take the call. So I didn't wake the kids and I had chills all over my body for probably five minutes and they just kept coming in stronger and stronger when I had, this picture of my brother-in-law in mind. He fit all of the criteria, but it was more than that. It was actually, let me back that up. He didn't actually fit all the criteria because he hadn't run a foundation before. He didn't know American tax system and American accounting. He didn't know any of that stuff, but whatever it was that she was saying in my mind, it just it just washed over me that it was him and that he was capable because he is very intelligent I knew he could probably learn anything and I felt like he was just I don't know I can't explain it more than that except that I just knew it was him and since then I've had a number of experiences where I guess you would call them divine appointments but where something has happened and all of a sudden just I get overcome with just chills that run over and over me not just an emotional reaction where sometimes I'll just get chills because something touches me and it's emotional or whatever but where they just keep washing over me and coming in stronger and stronger. And uh, I have a perfect example of that was probably an hour ago. I have a a woman who I work with, with the kids. She does type of counseling. It's called EMDR and it's color therapy. And she's just, I believe that, that God has sent her to heal so many people. And we're so fortunate to work with her. And I found her in a way that I never, you would think kind of should have. And I felt it was 100% divine intervention. and this guy was texting me about his friend. I've recommended her to a number of people, but this guy texted me the other day. And he said that a very good friend of his had just killed himself and left three young children behind. And his wife was in turmoil and wondered if I could talk to the wife. She had asked if I would talk to her. And he was telling me he's so angry with his friend and he's so fiercely protective of his friend's wife and these children. And we talked back and forth a little bit, well, today, I don't know why, but I just was sitting there. Oh, I do know why it's god i I was sitting there and I mm-hmm. said, those children are gonna need a special kind of help, and I was thinking about this woman that we go see, and the chills washed over me, and they kept coming in stronger and stronger and stronger, and I just think I don't even care where they live or how you have to help make it happen. I'm convinced that that's a God thing, and that she can help them and i've like I said, I've recommended her to a number of people, and I don't get that same reaction in my spirit or my soul of like, yes, you're on the right track. Connect these dots. This is meant to be. That's you know, I've talked to other widows, I've talked to other families. I've never had that reaction of like that I needed to connect those two. So I've just learned to count on it.
0: Yeah, and, and this recurring theme of of the chills or the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I have a good buddy of mine who's a pastor and when we feel the spirit of God moving in our life, sometimes it's very different for each of us, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's very matter of fact. And for him, he has the same thing. Taya, he has his are goosebumps. Yours mm-hmm. are yours are kind of like chill. What do you say? It's, chill. I bumps? guess
1: it, no. You know what? It's probably the same thing. It's just the difference is like if I hear something and it's sentimental, I could get kind of like you know goosebumps or chills yeah. a little bit. But when it happens like this, I feel almost like I'm going to cry. I get them like on my face. They wash up. You know my my yeah. down my legs to my ankles up my stomach and my sides like goosebump chills but they kind of overtake me.
0: Yeah, and I think the fact that that's happened multiple times that is that cue for you to to know, not to rationalize, yep. not to quantify, not to maybe, but to know because that's yes. that's God speaking to you. I love how we get to see that faithfulness of God show up in in your story. And me it's too. so reassuring. To, to me and I'm sure it is to the, li- to the listeners that when life happens, that God's willing and he's more than able, more than capable to show up in our life at the right time in the right way to fill that need just as it's supposed to be filled. And sometimes that timing looks and feels different than we think it should be.
1: I agree. And it's something, you know, like that situation I was just telling you about that woman, it's I have talked to a number of people and yeah, you would think, well, it makes sense. I'm a widow. She's a new widow. It wasn't service related, but the difference is I think the connecting dot is somebody who's an acquaintance of mine, a friend of mine, but not somebody I keep in contact with all that often. And she asked if she could talk to me, who knows what moved her that way to talk to me, but he connected, we discussed, and then he connected again. This is the third time he connected and it was something different. And it was this time that I got the the overwhelming sense that I was supposed to connect these other two dots. So while he thought maybe it would just help, or she thought maybe it would just help to talk to me, I'm getting the overwhelming sense that, that God used those little nudges, but really it's not about me or her and probably what I can do for her. It's probably that he needed someone to connect her to this therapist for her and her her children, because she does something different. She does something unique. That's not just talking and counseling and she's phenomenal with children and these, these children are going to need that. So I think that's what I find so cool about the way God works in all of our lives is that He just, you know, it's like we we follow a little nudge, but we don't know what it is. And He's, yeah. planned, he's planning something five steps oh, yeah. down the line. and And He cares that much about every single one of us. And He will use whoever He has to use in whatever way He needs to use them to get people to those divine appointments, you know, to take care of them.
0: Yeah, he does. His ways are definitely higher and they're better. And his view, his vantage point is just a little bit better than ours sometimes. Oh my god! Every gosh, time. It's, every yeah, time. Like
1: crazy, crazy how, how much better. And I think it's, I think it's what I hope people see from all of that is that it's not just for one person or another, it's for all of us. And to think of a God that cares that much about the details of every single one of our lives. And I know they say, he knows every hair on your head and he cares, right. but it's, There's a difference, I think, when you start being really faithful and you fall into it. And for me, I had to be so overwhelmed that I couldn't take care of something myself. That's when God was able to show His beauty to me the most. Because before that, I would have prayed and I would have thought about it, but I still would have had my hands in it trying to figure out how to do my part. And it was only when I was so overwhelmed that I couldn't do my part that I started to see that I didn't need to, because He already had it covered.
0: Yeah, Amen. That's so good, yeah, and that's a that's a perfect transition. As I think about all His truths and His promises, and that's the third point I want to I want you to share with us here at Blessed Nation. The third pillar, if you will, it's promise, mm-hmm. and it's in these different promises that God's given us in His written Word that we can even have hope to start with. So right. I know when when I'm looking for that way to strengthen and to grow my hope, I know that I can just look simply at His promises. And when I know that those promises are for my life, I can't help but to be hopeful for a glorious future. So I'm going to ask you, Taya, would you share with us a promise in the form of a scripture that you've held on to that's, that's been your go-to verse, maybe in your time of struggle that you shared with us earlier in your faith story, maybe in your time of hope? What's a, what's a verse, a promise that you've held on to in your life?
1: Man, there are so many at different times, and I can tell you that a few of them that I think are overriding principles that I've seen, and I'll, I'll keep them kind of brief, and if you want to ask me to go in depth on any, I can, but just a few of them. One is that God does promise beauty through the ashes of your life, and so you know we can wonder about that and think, well, why do bad things happen? But if we give it the time and we give it the faith, we'll see something beautiful out of it if we just are open to seeing that. And God brings the beauty through the ashes of our life, I think, through other people too. And so I think we have to be aware that we will be used by God to be that beautiful part in someone else's life and that we can count on it, that when something happens in your life feels like it's fallen down, your the ashes of your life are sitting in front of you, that you can count on that the beauty will show through in his time. And I also think that, you know, God promises free will. And I know this is a little bit off the topic of maybe what you're saying, but this is something that I go back to when I I know there are are bad things that happen to good people. And instead of looking at it and saying, why did it happen? Why would God let this happen? I remember that God is a God of promises. Good things happen that He has promised us. And also, the promise of free will means that people who choose to do wrong and choose to do evil, He keeps His promise to them too. And they have free will. The guy who who decided to kill my husband and his friend, Chad, he had the free will to do that. He was not mentally ill from everything we heard in trial. He did not have PTSD, according to the psychiatrist who testified for the prosecution and defense. This was a choice. And the reason God's not going to stop it is because he's a God who keeps his promises. And it's, it's our free will. I think eternal life and that promise of eternal life is something else that I hang on to so much. And I feel like I had glimpses of that. From my childhood on, and I feel like all of that strengthened me for the the blow that I would need to have that faith in the most, which is for me it was losing Chris and maybe if I hadn't had those glimpses before that that I believe we have eternal life. I mean, whether it's, you know, Heaven is for real, that book or the other books, right. those are all I think there was another one called 90 minutes in heaven, or some of those books I had read, they were very cool. And then I have people in my life who have had personal experiences and believe wholeheartedly that they have the proof that their loved one is on their side, has lived. And I've, I've had some of that in my extended family and friendships, not, not a lot, you know, but I don't think you need a lot. I think it's, it's here and there and they're awfully convincing. And I needed that hope of eternal life because. Otherwise, this life is too dang hard. You know, why, what's it all for if if we don't have the promise of something better on the other side? And it's like having the short term goal of just getting through this life is the short term goal, because the long term goal for me is to be on the other side. And so you can't you can't give up. And I count on that.
0: Oh, that's good. The long term goal in life is getting to the other side, that eternal life mm-hmm. where Everything is, all those burdens are put at his feet. That is the ultimate hope. That is the ultimate promise.
1: It is. And if I didn't believe in that wholeheartedly, I don't know. I don't know how people do that because I I've, I do feel like this life is full of suffering. And I know so many people and children, I'm really invested in children and getting them out of the foster care system and into permanent homes and the abuse and the things. And my first responder friends who have seen the horrific things that they have seen against children and stuff like that. It's, I think some of those times I have to go back and say, man, this is an evil world. Why would a loving God even want to have us here? Why would, you know, it's like so bad sometimes when I look at this world and then I look back and I think, yeah, but their beauty through the ashes of all these people's lives because there are beautiful people who come in and do amazing things and change lives for the better. And we wouldn't know their kindness and their full beautiful hearts without knowing the tragedy. And I look at it with free will and I think, yeah, somebody had the free will to do evil, but we also have the choices to, to be better and to be that saving grace for somebody else and let God work through us. And then the eternal life. It's like, well, if we can all just help each other get through, we're we're good. Like I sort of I'll tell you one of my other kind of I get these sort of thoughts of analogies or something, but I, I sure. sometimes think of life on earth. If you think of the Greek system in colleges, and I wasn't part of the Greek system, but fraternities and sororities. They have this horrible hazing system and it's a group of people that are going through it and they're hazed and they're beaten down. If they come out of it still wanting to be in that sorority or fraternity, then they're in, right? And that's, they're in the big house. I sort of think of life like that. Like maybe the fraternity is, is, or sorority is heaven and everybody on earth is, we're in the hazing period. And so if we just get hazed and suffered and beat down and we still want to be in, we still want to be God's child and we still want to belong to Jesus, then then we're in, but we have to want it despite all the beat down. We have to want it that badly and have that kind of faith. And then, then we're in. So we have to be good to our pledge class. You know, we have to be good sure. to the other people on earth, help them out.
0: Yeah. It Well, and it makes it, I don't know why, but it makes it easier to, to carry that burden or to go through a season of burden when you're with people that are supporting you, that are loving you, that are encouraging, that are pushing you mm-hmm. going at it alone is probably a recipe for disaster
1: I think so I don't think any of us are meant to do it alone and I've always been an independent spirit and wanted to think I could take care of myself but I've been humbled so many times by, and I I don't even I don't even live in that illusion anymore I know that that's not how we're meant to do this and yeah. sometimes we might feel alone but we're rarely ever truly alone and it's our job to reach out and yep, yep. remind ourselves there are people because there are and sometimes you have to set your pride aside and just be okay with admitting you
0: need help. Yeah. You hit it on the head Tay. We have to, we have to step out and we have to connect. And that's how we activate that faith. Mm -hmm. We put that action behind it and it, it starts to grow, you know, blessed nation. God knows your heart. And I know like Taya that you guys are going through stuff. I've gone through stuff and God is with us. And he wants us to know that we can stand on his promises no matter what, and praise God for that. And before we go into this final round, the wisdom round of the show, I've got a question for you, listeners. I wanna, I wanna know simply this: Have you enjoyed the show so far? Matea has shared so much with us. If you have enjoyed it, if it's in blessed, if it's blessed you in some way, I just want to invite you to subscribe to the show. It's easy to do. It's something you can do with just the click of one button. If you're on your mobile device, or your desktop, or laptop, however you're listening to the show just simply inside the podcast app click that purple subscribe button on the show page and keep an eye out for the next episode it's that easy so blessed nation this final round is the nuggets of wisdom round so i'm going to visit with tay i'm going to ask her some short sweet questions and i'm going to ask her to share some wisdom with us so Taya, would that sound all right with you
1: it does. If I have any wisdom, I'll be <laughs> happy to share it. I think you know. I don't want to disappoint you, but yeah, fire away.
0: All right, the pressure's on. Yeah, the pressure's on. Now, here's the first one, Taya. So, big or small, share something with us that's on your heart right now that you're grateful for. Something that you're praising God for.
1: I've been really grateful that. God keeps teaching me. I feel like I keep making progress and I've had a lot of worries in my life and I've come so far. And then sometimes I feel like I I take a step back and I start to worry again. But what I'm really grateful for is that the harder my life has been, the more faithful I've become and the more things that fall onto my plate, the less anxious I'm getting in time because I'm, I've learned some valuable lessons from all of it. So I'm actually really, really grateful because I think almost like the more bad that happens, the more faithful and free I become from anything owning me.
0: Well, let's, let's continue that same theme and let me form it in this question. Share with us one way that you like to be a blessing to others.
1: One way on a, a small scale, but it's something that I really feel passionate about is when my friends have asked for prayer, and I can't remember if somebody did this for me first or if I did it first, but whatever it is, when you tell somebody you're praying for them, and a lot of times I use text, but if I, if somebody asks me for prayer and I text them, I'll pray for you, there's a difference when I have said I'm praying this for you. And I type out the exact prayer that I'm praying for them. Almost every single time I get a response back that somebody is either crying, touched, healing, grateful. There's something, and I've had some people do it to me too. In fact, it may have been a friend I grew up with that was the first one to do that. I think she was actually the first one that did it for me. She said, this has been on my heart and this is, my, this is what I've been praying to God about. And she wrote it out, and it touched me in ways that I can't even tell you. And it was such a difference from knowing somebody's praying for you than to hear what they're actually talking to God about on your behalf. It's it's powerful. So I guess I would encourage anybody instead of saying I'm praying for you, to have the courage and the vulnerability in sharing the exact prayer you're praying and just say like sometimes I'll text God, please help. Let's just say the name was Jenny, you know. please help Jenny in this time. This is what, and then you just make it very, you let them hear your prayer. Is is it?
0: Oh yeah. It brings life to it. It makes it real and they can see it. I am a fan of that. And I'm so glad that you shared that because I believe that is powerful. And I I believe also that it, it takes the, the thought and the good nature and it gives life to it because action supports it.
1: That's right. And I think sometimes people don't know when you say you're praying for them, do they know that you really are? And you could be, it's not anything about integrity. It's just. It's an easy thing to say, and sometimes it can be cliche versus literally praying for somebody.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, one thing that I like to ask our different guests is things that they do to help further their walk in Christ. And I know for me, I spend lots of times reading different books, and not just any books, but Christ-centered books, books that are going to bless me from the inside out. So I want to ask you that. Any area of your life, Taya, whether it's relationships, your faith, your finances, your business, whatever, but a Christ-centered book. Would you share with us one book that you've read that's resonated with you that you'd like to share with us here at Blessed Nation?
1: I will. I'll, I'll say this. I love Jesus Calling as a daily devotional by Sarah Young, but also years ago, I read The Case for Christ, and I feel like that book was so powerful because it, had, it sort of backed up all of... The beliefs that you have, but use science and academia to back up your faith, and I think it's just a good book to have under your belt to not only remind you but it is faith, but there's a lot of science and facts behind it that prove it, but also it helps you in conversations with other people if they ever have their doubts and I think if you're going to believe in something with your heart and soul, it should stand up to criticism and yeah. it you should be able to look into it and so that one was was probably a yeah, really
0: is that is that the one, one taken by Lee Strobel
1: that's it, yep,
0: yeah yeah that's an amazing and you know that guy used to be i think he was an attorney and or some type of a reporter so right. you know, he's this inquisitive guy anyway with a legal background and for him to literally put the validity of christ on trial it puts the proof behind it doesn't it
1: it does and he was an, he was a self-proclaimed atheist and he, yeah. his whole goal was to prove that christ didn't exist and he used exactly what you're saying law and court and experts and all of the things to prove that Christ didn't exist. And what amazing thing is by the end of it, he humbled himself and said, I've actually proven that Christ does exist, which is yeah, so cool.
0: That is. And to have a change of heart. Yes. A full 180. Yeah, you know, Only Christ can do something that, that wild.
1: Oh yeah. And the fact is that there are a lot of people who are atheists. So he knew exactly he was very passionate in his atheism. And so he would know the things that every atheist would say versus somebody like you or me, maybe who was raised in the church and believed in it. Maybe we wouldn't know all of the things that, that all the atheists would believe or that, you know, that would be the hardest to prove. But he, he right. came to the table with those things, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a good book. Definitely. Uh, I've got a couple different versions of that one on my shelf. So thank you for yeah. sharing that one yeah. as well.
1: Do you have a favorite one to share with me? I'll, maybe you can light enlighten me.
0: Oh, wow. You know, I haven't had anyone ask me that before. I have so many, but I'll tell you one that's on my mind right now. I'm in the middle of this Im- this immense training in marriage stuff because I'm getting ready to start this marriage pilot course. So I'm just covered with marriage resources in my mind. And one of the modules that I'm I'm creating in this course is about our words and our speaking and our confession of our faith and it's the power of our words that are brought by the power of our thoughts you know because our thoughts our thoughts are those precursors to our words and our words are going to then breathe life into our future so our words have tremendous power whether we want to own it or not our words have tremendous power and there's a book out by this guy his name is charles Caps, and it's called faith and confession. And it, the subtitle of the book is how to activate the power of God in your life. And it's kind of what we were talking about a while ago, Taya, you know, you made all these different points and that's probably why they resonated with me because they're in my, they're in my heart right now. These different things that came true to you in your life were activated by you taking action on, in faith. So okay. you didn't know where they were going to go, whether it was with your brother-in-law coming along on, on the team for the Chris Kyle Found- Frog Foundation, mm-hmm. whether it was helping the lady that needed the help with the kiddos. you There was a need there, but you took action. And that's where our words come in because our words breathe life. They can breathe life into something. And so this Faith and Confession by Charles Caps is an amazing book. It will make you rethink what you say and how you say it But it won't won't cause you to be overcritical. It will encourage you to take steps to say things that that are profound.
1: That's awesome. When you said marriage, I'll add to that list. Daughters of Sarah, by Genevieve White, is one that changed my marriage, and it's changed the marriages of very strong, powerful women around me. And it's pretty harsh language, but if you can get past the the strong language in it, it's it's life changing. It's really amazing. Daughters of Sarah.
0: I'm not familiar with that one, Daughters of Sarah. I'll be sure and link all three of those different books in the show notes so folks can have an opportunity to. And that's one of my favorite points to this show. It really is, Mm -hmm. is to be able to share resources where we can come together and say, you know what? Jay has read this. Tay has read this. It's helped them. It's helped their friends. It gives me an opportunity to say, where can I go and find something that might resonate with me? So I I love this part of the show.
1: Yeah, good. And the, the companion book to Daughters of Sarah, the companion book that men are, uh, can read is called Sons of Abraham. So the women read Daughters of Sarah and the men read Sons of Abraham.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, Tay, before I share with Blessed Nation the, the best way for them to connect with you, actually, I'll ask you two. I, wanna, I have got one last question for you and then we'll wrap mm-hmm. up. And it's simply this. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life right now. And praise God that you have some wonderful things, some exciting things going on. But my question for you is simply this. Of all the different things that you've gone on in your life right now, what's got you most excited right now? It can be in your life, your ministry, your projects, your foundations, with your kiddos, whatever. Share with us one thing got you most excited right now.
1: Above everything else, by a long shot, is my kids. They are at such a fun age, and we are we're out of that that age where I'm terrified that, you know, if I haven't said enough or told them enough that if something goes wrong, whatever, they're, they're responsible, they're funny, they're fun, they're loving. And I'm seeing this transition of from, you know, how you see the transition from little baby, and then you go, Oh, they're really a toddler now. And are Oh, they're a big kid. Now I'm, yeah. I'm in this place where it's, I guess there's, they would be considered sort of tween or something, you know, they're not quite teenagers, but they're not quite little kids anymore. And I just see these beautiful people in front of me and it it just, I don't know, it blows my mind. It makes me emotional. It's, I feel humbled that God would trust me with two amazing souls like this and to bless me with their their personalities. And I just, I'm in awe of it. And it, it's exciting because I see how cool they are and like, what a, what a gift I've been given.
0: Yeah, they are gifts, aren't they? Yeah. They are. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. So what's the best way, I know you've got a lot of different outlets, Taya, but what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you if they want to follow Taya Kyle?
1: All the social media stuff. I know we try to really keep up with that and her American wife and Taya Kyle, but I think the the Taya Kyle and then I have the Chris Kyle official Facebook page that I manage on things that move me a lot of times. So any of those are probably the best ways. There's the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation one too. I think we're trying to keep up to speed on different things that I'm doing. If people want to be involved or follow, I think those are we're trying to do those on the Taya Kyle pages, but any of them, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too great with social media, so I don't have all the hashtags, but I think it's just like Taya Kyle, one word and that's, or the Chris Kyle frog foundation. Those are the things that, that I work really hard at. And the Chris Kyle pages, we we copy a lot of stuff off of there into the Taya Kyle ones too.
0: Okay. Well, I'm familiar with, those that you're talking about, I follow them and on Facebook and I know the website. So I'm going to be sure and link both of those up, American Wife and the Chris Kyle page and the Frog Foundation page. So whether it's Facebook or the website, I'll link those up in the show notes too. So folks can connect with them.
1: Great. Thank you so much.
0: You bet. And speaking of thanking you, Taya. If the listeners knew all the different conversations that we have had to get to this point to finish this up today, they would laugh.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate what you're doing. You're doing some really good work.
0: Well, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, what else creates an environment where you get to connect with like-minded people and glorify God? There you go. I mean, it's, it's awesome. awesome. It and really that's is. one of the reasons I created this show is to be able to just do that.
1: Yep. And it's so we all need that positivity and and encouragement to know that other people are finding their way with their faith and inspires us all. I think I love hearing about it from other people too, what, how their life has gone and what's brought them closer to God and how their faith has changed. because
0: it's, it's fascinating to me. Me too. Me too. Well, Taya, thank you so much for being thank on our you. show today.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you having me.
0: You're very welcome. And blessed nation. I, I hope, and I pray that this episode is really just been a blessing to you. And if you'd enjoyed it, I'd love to ha- have you show us some love. If you're on iTunes, you can go to the Your Blessed Life page and click on the cover art and give us a rating and review. And once you give us a rating and review, tap on the number of stars that you want to give us and you're done. And so if you do that, thank you in advance. And Blessed Nation, I want to thank you for tuning into the show. And I look forward to sharing that next episode with you. And I want to leave you with this. I want you to remember that God loves you and he wants to bless you.